Father, this evening we just thank you for this place. Thank you for being with us here, Lord. Thank you for making it possible. Fourteen years, Lord, I personally dreamed of a time when the whole church could be together for a Sunday service. Stay the Saturday. Be together a Sunday. Oh, Father, you made it possible. And I just want to thank you, Father. And Lord, above all, we are your children. And these two nights and two days we are here. Father, above all, we invite you. You come, Lord Jesus. You sup with us. You be with us in our conversations, in our fellowship, in and even in our games, in everything, Father. I pray you will find pleasure. We don't want to have a fun time without you. We want to have a good time with you. For it is written, every perfect and good gift comes from above. The Father, the God of lights, with whom there is no shadow of turning. So even tonight, Father, be with us, Lord. We thank you for this campus. We thank you there are places like this in this city where your children who are called by your name can gather. Now as we look into your word, because you have magnified your word above all your name, we too magnify your word above everything else, O Lord. Speak to us this evening. Encourage, exhort, strengthen us during this time we spend together. It's a prelude to life in eternity. When God's people will be forever living in a city with their father. Forever and ever. And this is just a little foretaste of it. Two days and two nights. A small part of God's family spending their lives and sharing their lives together. So be with us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So like I said, it's a retreat for us and a treat for the children. I watched from the smallest babies who cannot walk. Everyone is enjoying themselves. Everyone is enjoying The mothers are relaxed. You can see the, the mothers, if you look at it with the, with the nursing babies, the other ones were smiling the most. One, because they don't have to run around worried about cooking. Second, they got their husbands. This evening we look turn first to Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28 to 30. Matthew 11 verse 28 to 30. Come to me all you are labor and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is Light. This is the most important invitation of Jesus Christ to mankind. Come to me. This morning we had the joy of five children of God accepting that invitation and obeying the Lord in the waters of baptism. Every time 
the happiest days for a pastor is when he dedicates babies and he baptizes God's children. Today, five people heard that invitation and they came. And they officially joined his family today. Though they were part of God's family. Busy day. They had a very busy schedule. We don't know day, days. Very busy. Very slow. Like I said, work is not easy. It's not easy. So if you go to the next verse, that is Mark 6 and verse 31. After they gave a report, this is what he told them, 631. He said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place. He said, come apart. First come to me. Learn of me. Bear my yoke. It is not heavy. It's not burdensome. Then he sent them out. And he did the works he told them to do. Then they came back and they were accountable. They told him what they taught, what they did. And he said, said, now you know what? Come apart with me. Come apart with me. In these two days, because so many are young families, look at the small children, the number of small children sitting over, many, many small children sitting over here. That means young families. We're setting a pattern for you. This is how you begin your day. You begin your day in worship. You end your day in worship. Old covenant, morning sacrifice and the evening sacrifice. Begin your day in worship. Evening in worship. Do all your things in between. Begin in worship, end in worship. Your day will be good. They will be good. Get this practice in your house. Let it not stop here by Sunday night, by Monday morning. Let it not stop. Take this with you. Think this as the family of God and if the family of God were to... I believe that... I don't know whether there's a morning and evening in heaven, but if there is a morning and evening in heaven, there will be worship morning and evening. So get used to. Get prepared for life in heaven. So these practices. And then... There will be seasons when God will say, come apart with me. Come apart. To a deserted place. That's why many of us in different vehicles, we got our, our, we lost our way. There were so many different roads GPS was taking us. Because we were looking for a deserted place. He said, come with me to a deserted place and rest a while. Was for there was many coming and going. One of the good things, if you have noticed in this campus, 4G is very weak. Other things, many things will be coming and going out of our phones and our heads. Coming and going. Inbox is full, outbox is full. Okay. Now, everybody is here. Whole families have come. So you don't have to talk to anybody. You can switch off your phones. I need to keep it on because of other issues. But you all can switch it off on. Okay? You have come to a deserted place. You have come apart. Because God knows. God, he says he knows what our frame is. We are like dust. So we have to learn to come apart with Jesus. Come apart. In Psalm 23. And verses 1 to 3. The Lord is my shepherd. If he is my shepherd, I shall not want. But how do I reach a state where I don't want? It's not that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. No. You have to be led by him. If you go the way he's taking you, 
then you reach a state in your life there where you don't face lack. Why? Because he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads beside, leads me beside still water. He restores my soul. Come apart, he says. First he says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take a yoke upon yourself and learn of me. You will find what? Rest for your soul. Now he says, come, come. I will restore. You've gone out. You're busy. Coming in, going out. Too much junk. Too much things happening. Come apart with me. I will restore your soul. I will restore your soul. I want every one of you to have a really good time. Good time. Have fun. Play. Put all other issues aside. Yeah, 75 years of freedom. Without liberty. (laughs) But uh, when he comes, he gives you both freedom and liberty. Yet, we need to be grateful, all said and done, in spite of everything they have done, because our founding fathers were so wise, and they made a very, very strong constitution. We have still experienced more liberty than most nations. Because of our founding fathers. Remember, founding fathers of most nations were very wise men. They wrote it in black and white things, which to change are not very easy. Very easy. And therefore, we have experienced liberty. And we thank God we have the liberty to worship. Unlike so many, many nations. So he says, come apart from with me. But today we all have come apart. But this one important thing, when you come apart, Go apart with Jesus and not without Jesus. Because people go on vacation. So I've heard pastors going, saying that I'm going on a vacation, I'm leaving my Bible behind. And when they come back out of the vacation, they came apart. If you come apart without Jesus, be sure, you will come apart slowly. So when Jesus said, come apart, he said, come apart with me. Okay. Even if you go on a vacation, family should take vacations. Take Jesus with you. Take Jesus with you. Okay. Before you plan, always I'm telling you, before you plan your vacation, ask the Lord, will you come? Will you come? And if you hear in your spirit, I'm not coming, cancel your vacation. You won't enjoy it. When you come back, all you will be is you wasted your money. We need to learn from the master. Come apart. Okay. Patterns for young families. Come apart. You don't have to go far away on a vacation to Goa and Andamans and all. You can come to tent ministries with your family. Just spend a quiet time here. Just come. Inexpensive. Don't have to go far away. You saw the place, you like the place, just drive down. Most of you have vehicles or hire a vehicle, come over, spend two days, spend time with the Lord, give your wife a break, children a good time, spend time with God and go back. We have to learn to take time apart with God. This is Jesus telling his disciples, God knows who we are. He made us. 
These disciples haven't really even started their ministry. And they are already tired and worn out. And he's saying, come apart. Come apart. You have to learn to come apart. Jesus did this in his life regularly, if you have noticed. Everyone has to learn these lessons. If you learn these lessons, you will be able to run long and run well. Never stop serving God. Remember we heard from Daniel chapter 6? Man probably in his 90s, early 90s or late 80s. And because he refused to stop praying and the king couldn't change his order, he has to be thrown into the lion's den. But what is the king he tastes twice when he's thrown in and when he's brought out? What is the thing he says? Oh, Daniel, who serve your God continuously. Continually you serve your God. Now think about it. If we can, today we have very young ones getting baptized today. 11 years, 12 years, 13 years getting baptized. They're on fire for God. Please don't put out their fires. Okay? Old slow leopards all are sitting here. Don't bring your snow. Just don't put out their fire. They're on fire. They're all excited. I mean, they were so excited about getting baptized today. Let that fire go. Imagine 50 years from now, they are still even more on fire for God. And God is able to say, this is a Daniel generation. This serve me continually. Because they have learned to come apart with God. Come up, come apart with God. This was Jesus' lifestyle. He was sent by his father. But he consciously chose to come apart with his father. So if you look at Jesus, the most toughest job ever given to a man. To live sinless for 33 years. Sinless without 30 years in thought. In word, in deed. Fight every temptation, every battle. Win it with the flesh, with the devil, with the world. And then go to the most shameful, painful death and not flinch. Forgive everybody and go. Nobody had a job like that. But you know that in his entire ministry, he was never burnt out. He was never burnt out. Because he had made this priority. I will come apart with my father. Come apart. That's how we handle pressure. That's how we handle decisions. That's how we even dealt with grief. He too grieved. He too had to handle pressure. And that's what he's saying. I will give you rest for your soul. But condition is take my yoke. You know what yoke is? One of the meanings of yoke in practically... Can you give me a schedule to me? Is God saying. Can I make your schedule? Can I make your timetable? Because we already decided August 12th. Today is 12th? 13th? 13th? We already decided for the next 17 days. God says, can I change your schedule around? Because if we don't, and we think we are yoked with Jesus, we are telling Jesus, you have to fit into my schedule. Sorry, I'm very busy. You have to fit into my schedule. God says, can I make the schedule? Can I tell you to stop? 
can I tell you it has come apart? But uh, Lord, if I take leave without pay, it's okay. Live, do you live by pay or by me? I see your future. I need you to take this day off and spend with me. Otherwise, I know six months down the line, one year down the line, you will be burned out. And I know you will fall. Can we allow him to make our schedule? Think. Think on these things. He said the yoke was easy. He didn't say it was difficult. He said the burden was light. So if God actually, we bring God into our schedule, it is not difficult. The burden won't be too heavy. It will be light. And if you look at Jesus' life, the key was he came to his father every day. Every day. And he allowed his father to set his schedule. And there were seasons in his life he came apart with his father. Now he's teaching his disciples, come apart with me. I told you, I don't know when last week, I told you there are two words in English. One is loneliness. The other is solitude. They may look same, but they are not. You can never be lonely again. If you are a child of God, you can never be lonely again. Because he said, I am sending my spirit. He will be in you, with you forever. You will not be orphans. Cannot be lonely. You cannot be alone again. Even if you think you are alone, you are not alone. Because he is with you and in you. Solitude is a different word. It is when you make a choice to come alone with God. That is coming apart with God. We need to have that daily time every day. Make that practice of coming apart with God in silence, in solitude. And that there are certain seasons when God will tell you, I want you to come apart like he told his disciples. Come apart. And he took them to a deserted place. Come apart. These are simple practical things you need to realize because you know, it is, you need to know it's not your, it's not your body that is really functioning. It's your soul. And people get burned out. It's not because physically they were weary, but because the soul just fell apart. They couldn't handle the pressure anymore. Just fell apart. That's what I'm talking about. Jesus never fell apart. Never fell apart. And if you look at up some of his day schedules from morning till night, tired, worn out, but he never burned out. And you need to ask, what is his life? What is the kind of life he lived that he could do such a job and never be burnt out? And you will see. He came apart with his father. There are four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Matthew has 28 chapters. Luke has 24. John has 21. And Mark has 16. Mark seems to be in a hurry. Almost 39 or 40 times Mark will use this word immediately, immediately. Immediately, immediately, immediately. If you read the gospel according to Mark, he was in so such a hurry, he just skipped 30 years of his life and straight away went to Jesus' ministry. So 
straight away went to Jesus ministry. In, he was in a hurry to reach the cross. So no birth, nothing about 30 years. He just went straight to John the Baptist and Jesus there. Okay. At the most, if you are a fast reader, it takes you an hour or less than an hour to read the book of Mark. The gospel according to Mark. Mark may seem to be in a hurry. But if you read Mark's 16 chapters carefully, you will see Jesus is not in a hurry. It's not in a hurry. Mark may be in a hurry that he finished the gospel in 16 chapters. Mark will give you snippets of Jesus' life. Put Jesus' life in a different perspective which sometimes other apostles don't see. The other gospel writers don't see. And he will tell you, if you go through the gospel according to Mark, it will show you, wow, I didn't see this. I didn't see this. This is how Jesus looked. Oh. If you turn with me the gospel according to Mark, and chapter 1 and verse 12. And immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. He's baptized. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. And his father takes him apart. He takes him to the wilderness. He's tempted of the devil, but he's with his father for 40 days and 40 nights. Because he's taken by the Spirit. He does not begin his ministry with preaching. He begins his ministry by coming apart with his father. Coming apart. And you will see, oh wow, I didn't see this. If you come to verse 16, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, you have to look very clearly where Jesus walked. As Jesus walked through Ikea, no, it's not there. I didn't tell you. <laughs> Looking through the windows. No. As he walked with the Sea of Galilee. He was walking alone. That's when he saw Simon and Andrew. If you turn with me to 135. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a Solitary place. And there he prayed. He's come apart. He's not lonely. He's seeking solitude with his father. He came apart with his father. If you turn with me to chapter 2 and verse 13. Then he went out again by the sea. Again by the sea. He's again out on the sea. And the multitude comes to him. But actually he's out on the sea alone. If you turn to verse 23 of chapter 2, now it happened that he went through the grain fields on Sabbath. Did you see that? I do think if Jesus, unless he was going out preaching, I I do think Jesus, if he were to come today, would be exactly the same. He wouldn't be wandering around what man has made. He would be walking around what his father has made. 
you will never find solitude in a shopping mall. You need to find a place. You look at it. It's very, 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 very careful. It's written in chapter 3 and verse 7. But Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea. Did you see that? If you come to verse 13, and he went up on the mountain. Why? Because so much of a crowd came to the sea, so he went up to the mountain and called the disciples to him. Are we seeing these pictures? Do you see why he did not burn out? Because he made a conscious effort. I will go apart with my father. In chapter 4 and verse 1, again he began to teach by the sea. But if you go to Matthew 13, the same, if you look at parallel, the same thing that is happening over there in Mark. Matthew 13 and verse 1. You know what it is written? The same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. That's what you're doing. Sitting by the sea and watching the waves. That's what he's doing. He's come apart with his father. You read scripture very carefully. I was going through scripture with my marker to see how many times he comes apart. And you will see, this is his regular time. Way of living. He just comes and sits by the sea. He's alone. There's nobody with him. The others just join him later. Either he goes to a mountain top and he's alone. A solitary place is alone. By the sea is alone. Grain fields is alone. He's just looking for places. In the midst of his busy schedule with multitudes crushing him. He's still looking for times when he can come apart with his father. So that he does not come apart. Everybody has trouble. And trouble is only increasing in the world. It's only increasing. Pressure is going to increase. Pestilence, famine, war is coming. It's happening right before. Very authoritarian systems all around the world. If you notice around the world. Have you noticed around the world? The major nations of the world. There is no opposition. They are out to finish the opposition off. They don't want an opposition. There's no opposition in China. There's no opposition in Russia. They're trying to see there is no opposition in India. And they raided Trump's Mar-a-Lago because they're scared. They are scared of him. They want to see there is no opposition anywhere. And the ones who will be always be affected are the Christians. How do we going to live in a days which are going to get tougher and tougher and tougher if we don't learn and practice like Jesus to come apart with the Father? Think about it. Read that Matthew 13 1. Is it up there? Yeah. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. Sat by the sea. He went out and sat by the sea. Go out and sit. No, we don't have to go by the sea. But find a place. Go sit and talk to God. Spend time with God. And so many years ago when I worked in that country, the place where I worked, was on the side of the river. Every evening I used to go out by the walk side of the river. And one day I cut through the outgrowth over there, this little jungle over there, and found there was, I could make a way. And then I found this rock jutting over the river. And I realized nobody knows this place. And every evening that was my hideout. After my classes were over, finished teaching, I come home, and I finish my chai, and I go there, and I sit out, 
alone with God. Now, of course, it's my terrace. Hyderabad, you have no place. You have to go to the terrace. But you can always find a place. Otherwise, you'll be burnt out. Otherwise, when the pressure comes and the heat increases, because there is Babylon growing stronger, and Nebuchadnezzar's, many Nebuchadnezzar's are come, and they're going to heat the furnace seven times over, and they're going to put out the rhetoric, bend, bow, or burn. And you will not have the power to resist if you haven't learned from him to go by yourself. Come apart and sit with him. Sit with him. It's, it's beautiful if you, if you go through, through the Bible. If you come to Matthew 14, 14 and verse 14 and verse 13, 1, 3. When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. Why? Do you know what happened? He heard John was executed. His cousin John, the forerunner has been executed. He heard it. Immediate reaction. How did Jesus handle grief? How did Jesus handle the death of a loved one? How did Jesus handle pressure? You know what? He went apart with his father. Because the Bible says he understands our weakness. He was tempted at all points, did not. So he knows all of it because he went through the same pressure because he came in this body. But how did he handle grief? How did he handle pressure? What did the Bible say? He went apart to a deserted place where the people followed him. But look at it. He at least must have got half an hour alone with his father. Okay. You have to have this practice. You have to learn this discipline because otherwise we will not be able to handle what is coming. What is coming. We have come together as a church and that was my desire that we come, we make that possible for us. We have the word around seven days a week. We make it possible that you can come every Sunday after church, come together after the doctrine, fellowship. You know why? Because the Bible says that's how the church began in Jerusalem. They came together every day. They ate together every day. They heard the word of God. They fellowshiped. And then one day great persecution arose. But because they were prepared so well by the church, they did not fall apart. The Bible says, as they were scattered, everybody went out being a witness. They carried the word with them. They did not fall apart. When persecution comes, and if God forbid, it come, does not come. But if it comes and we are scattered, you should be able to go with the word and be a bit witness wherever you are. You should not be able to come apart. Fall apart. Because we do not know. This has happened in every nation, in every generation. These things have happened. And God has not said, oh, you are exempted from that. He doesn't say that. There are no such promises. On the hand, he promises we'll have tribulation in this life. We'll have much trouble. The world will hate you because of me. And that that's what we see. And if you come further down in the gospel according to Mark 6, that's what we read. Come aside or come apart by yourself to a deserted place. If you come to verse 45 of Mark 6, immediately 
he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida while he sent the multitude away and when he had sent them away he departed to the mountain to pray mountain to pray he knew this multitude if i live with this my disciples with them they will influence them so he said you know what you go to the other side send the multitudes in the opposite side but he went up the mountain he went up the mountain did you see patterns in the bible if you go to chapter 7 of mark 7 it's interesting chapter 7 and verse 24 and from there he arose and went into the region of tyre and sidon and it's interesting you see unless you read closely you will you will miss these nuances in the bible it says he entered a house and wanted no one to know it can i be just alone for half an hour please now jesus own life you know that right jesus own life but in some ways he's saying if somebody rings the phone say i'm not here but he won't say that instead he will say don't pick the phone like in old days leave it off the hook i want to be alone i need time alone with my father but what did the bible say but he could not be hidden he could not be hidden i love this portions because i was looking through it and i said oh wow Okay. If you turn to Mark chapter 8 and verse 27. And Jesus and his disciples went out to the towns of Caesarea and Philippi. And on the road he asked his disciples saying to them, "Who do men say that I am?" Turn to Luke chapter 9 and verse 18. It's interesting. Luke 9 and verse 18. Did you see that? And it happened as he was alone praying that his disciples joined him and he asked them saying who do the crowds say that I am? The same incident is put across in two different ways. Here he is all alone. And his disciples came. And he asked them who do people say that I am? You have to go through the gospel to see how many times is jesus alone and wants to be alone and wants to be left alone spending time with his father spending time with his father if you go to mark chapter 9 and verse 2 sorry mark chapter 9 and verse 2 Now after 6 days Jesus took Peter, James and John and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves. He didn't want the others. He didn't want. Them. Just took them and says you come apart with me. We don't know why. That's his prerogative. He said I want to show you something which I cannot show to the others. You're going to get a very special so you come apart with me. And the others are all down there and he takes them apart. So not only does he get apart he takes some apart and he takes all of them apart and we are all here apart so that we don't fall apart it 
in John 7. And verse 10. Got it? Now when his brothers had gone up, then he also went up to the feast, not openly, but as it were in a secret. Now we just read a line, right? He didn't go with them. He went alone. Secretly. The problem is where he is he and where is he going? Where is he? He's in Galilee. Where is he going? He's going to Jerusalem. It's Almost anywhere between 70 to 90 miles. And you know Jesus only walks. Five days at least he's on his foot alone. One line. One line. Then when he reaches there, his father says, time to reveal yourself. And that's when he says that important line, come to me all who are thirsty. All who are thirsty. Look through these narratives. And I'm telling you, as a discipline, the new ones, the young ones who got baptized today, start this now. Now when I grow up, no, start this now. Start this now. Because he didn't start it when he was 30. He had started it very early. For the parents and the company from Nazareth, they were going on a pilgrimage. And after three days, they went back. Or they went back. He didn't go back. For him, it was not a pilgrimage. He had gone to his father's house. And it was only three days later they realized he was not with them. For him, it was not religion. It was something bigger than that. When they searched and finally they found him in the temple, he was a part in the temple. It's a huge temple. There's so many things happening over there. But where is he? He's where the teaching is taking place. Listening and asking questions. He had come apart from the crowd that had come from his hometown all alone. A 12 year old boy sitting among the scribes listening and asking questions because he had come apart. And that's what the Bible is saying here. He also went. He says, you brothers you can go anytime. It doesn't matter to you. But not me. And when he went, he went secretly. And it took him five, at least five days to reach that place depending upon how fast he walked. If you turn to Mark and chapter 10 and verse 32. Now they were on the road going up to Jerusalem and Jesus was going before them. And they were amazed. And they followed and they were afraid. Are you getting the picture? Go to Luke chapter 9, 51. Same passage, different way so that you understand what is happening. Luke 9 and 51. Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. His expression had changed. Absolutely determined. Everybody is trying to dissuade him. Absolutely determined. I am going to Jerusalem to die. You know what? You look at his face. And his apart is walking ahead of his disciples alone and they are behind and they are amazed and they are afraid. He's alone. He's with them, but he's not with them. He's alone. He's alone. 
when he is determined he knows his father's will the father has revealed it to him and his company of disciples are not one with him in that he chooses to walk alone ahead of them and they are amazed and they are afraid because he has come apart with his father because their purpose is alone and they don't understand it get these pictures let this retreat be these two days you learn something very important from the master's life because the bible says look unto jesus the author and the finisher of our faith he is the prime example the father yes there is a cloud of witnesses we learn from all of them some great some fantastic some unbelievable but he is the example and you look into his life and you will see how he lived how did he handle pressure how did he handle insults how did he handle the crowds how did he handle the busy schedules how did he handle grief how did he handle pressure from the powerful people how did he handle from caesar to the religious group to the multitudes everybody is against him and he still hung in there not hung in there he handled it well without coming apart why because he chose to come apart in the seasons of his life with his father and daily with his father God is telling you this is how you this is how you live this is how you have to walk this is how you do it you go through go through the gospel go through if you turn with me to finally to the end mark chapter 14 and verse 32 14 and verse 32 now they came to a place which was named gethsemane and he said to his disciples sit here sit here while i pray the bible says he went a stone's throw away you sit here he didn't he sit here i'm going there to pray this is one of his regular places it's again because now he's going to the cross and how how is he handling the cross how is he going to handle the torment and the torture of tomorrow how is he handling by coming apart with his father apart with his father and especially talking to the men today why because scripture says you are the head of your household and if you are the head of the household your head is christ and you cannot have christ as your head unless you have learned to come apart with christ every day every day every day you have to choose to come apart because what gives direction to me is my head if my head does not function my body will just fall apart it does not know where to go it's my head but my head is christ my head is christ my head is christ and as men god's men who have been called to lead their homes god says come apart and if you are like our sister here who who does not have believing spouses then you come apart with god okay you come apart with god and you learn to hear from god you learned how to do it God will help you. God will guide you. Because God knows. What I'm trying is, don't try to live God life apart from God. You will never succeed. You will never succeed. You will just come apart. Come apart. And Jesus has shown us the way. He has shown us the way. And he had sent them out. They did a great job. They came and became accountable. They told him, this is what we did. This is what we taught. and he said come up apart with me live this life 
Don't wait for tomorrow. Start today. Before you go to sleep, five minutes, ten minutes, learn. Go to God and say, Lord, today is before thee. What I did, what I said, I've already forgotten. But you have not. Are you okay? I'm learning to be accountable. You know, both of us who comes from the academic background will always tell students, if you do your daily portion that is taught, you learn to do it. When final exam comes, there is no terror, no exam fever. Why? Because you are accountable each day. If we are accountable, learn to be accountable to God every day. When he appears, we don't have to be ashamed. We would be rather thrilled. We would be all excited. Final exam is not a terrible thing. Why? Because we already were preparing every day. We went to him. We said, Lord, this is what I did. This is what I said. And he does the corrections. He said, this is good, this is bad. This is good, this is bad. This is good, this is bad. If you have any doubts, read the letters to the seven churches in the book of Revelation. He's walking through the aisles. He's walking through the churches. He says, good, good, good. Very bad. Good, good, bad, bad, bad. You are at the verge of being you have an, you have a reputation of being alive, but you are actually dead. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I'm teaching you to be accountable. He's giving each church the progress report. This is who you are. Two churches only nothing negative. And to one church he says, you are in trouble, you are in prison, you are not going to come out. Be faithful unto death. To another church, he says, you're very faithful, you have very little strength, but you have to persevere till the end, and I will take you out from the trouble that is coming upon the whole earth. The rest of the church, good, bad, Laodicean church, nothing good. Okay. But personally, how we do it? This is how we do it. We learn to be accountable. We learn to be accountable. Come apart. That's what we are doing for two days. We have come apart as a church. We are teaching to so many young people sitting here and so many young families sitting over here. We are teaching. Come apart. We will hear from God. Wives who struggle, come apart with God. God will tell you. He will give you the strength and you will be able to handle pressure. Husbands who place pressure wherever, job, whatever. He says, you come apart with me. I know what job pressure is because I have been through that. You don't have a job profile like mine. You are going through sorrow. He says, learn from me. I went through sorrow. My cousin John was executed because of me. If he hadn't preached me, he wouldn't have died. I know I am personally responsible for his martyrdom. But I know how I handled death. And I sorrow without guilt. I came apart with my father. And I came back stronger. That's how you handle everything. Otherwise, we will not be able to handle it. So these two days... Okay, we'll have lots of fun. But I want you to learn fundamental things. One, worship is primary. We'll worship in the morning. We'll worship in the evening. And see that in your house, homes, families. You learn to worship. You learn to put God first. Don't change that. Don't change that. 
I'm telling your children need to learn this very, very early. Our home is a worshiping, praying. Just don't put that plaque over there. Jesus is the head of the house. Let him be the head of the house. Truly, truly be the head of the house. Okay. Do that morning and evening. Do that. And men and women, men and women, learn to come apart with God. Okay. Learn to hear. Learn to hear. He will tell you. Never have to worry. We tell you, don't go to office. Don't worry about loss of pay. Israel's history was that. Six days you will work. Seventh day you will not work. Six years you will work. Seventh year you will not work. And it's gone into an English vocabulary called sabbatical. Which nation had something like that? Seventh year you will not work. What is God saying? What are you going to do in the seventh year? The whole year will come apart with me. Whole year will come apart with me as a nation. Did they do it? No. So they went 70 years into Babylon. Because Israel refused to come apart with God, they came apart in Babylon. And in Babylon, the only ones who survived was in Babylon, a set of people learned to come apart with God. So when the king's edit says, no one can pray for 30 days, Daniel said, I will go apart with God. And the king would stand up and says, you Daniel, who continually serve your God. There are no other ways. God has only one way. And that's the way of life. He said, this is the way, this is the truth, and this is the life. I am that. So this evening we'll bow our heads, we will pray, and then it's 8 o'clock, we'll walk straight down the road, at the end of the road is dinner. Okay? The word of God says, because I have never eaten in this place, but you don't have to eat in this place, because the word of God says, if you receive with thanksgiving and with prayer, and by the word of God, it is sanctified. Okay? Trust that, believe that. Okay, I don't know what, I, I trusting the food will be good, but it does not matter. It does not matter. Okay. Honestly, it does not matter. Okay. Just trust God and eat. Nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. Enjoy the fellowship. And then, according to your gender, go to your rooms. There is no gender confusion here. Right? Let's pray. Father, this evening, we thank you for this place. Thank you for giving us this opportunity. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We have come apart together with you. As you said to your disciples in Mark 6.31, come apart with me. We have come apart with you. In these two days and two nights, we pray, Lord, you will be there with everyone, with the tiny little ones, to the older ones, everyone, that we will have a blessed time together, above all, a blessed time with you, that we will learn fundamental lessons in these two days that we will carry with us all the days of our life, that if we learn to come apart with God, we will not come apart when the pressure grows higher and higher and higher. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Bless your people in your name. And I pray everyone will have good rest. If you tarry to come tonight, 
If you give us another day in the land of the living, tomorrow morning, we'll all be here at nine o'clock in the morning to worship you, to adore you, and to magnify your word, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.